Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Cajun Wilford Brimley. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. How's that gumbo, Shans? A tragedy. Cue the theme song. You're really enjoying yourself, aren't you, Chip? If it's stuff for us, it's stuff for them. What are you doing? I'm leaving a surprise for my friends. If you would die quieter and pick up the pace, Boudreaux would have less time for these little surprises. Boudreaux is the target we're after. Boudreaux, Boudreaux, Boudreaux. You are a fucking buffalo. What made you want to complicate my life like this? Oh. <laughs> Hunting season is over. Okay, 1993. We were coming to a bit of the close of the late 80s, uh, early 90s action flicks. But we got this one with JCVD himself, Hard Target. Wow, Hard Target. New Orleans-based movie. We got uh, Mr. Van Damme. Uh, Arnold Vosloo, who was also the mummy, the evil mummy in the movie The Mummy, playing one of the henchmen to Lance Hendrickson. And Yancey Butler. And of course, Beatus Brimley riding a horse like a champ. It looks like it's actually Wilford Brimley riding horses in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's riding a horse through an explosion with a bow and arrow. Yeah. So and he looks like uh, really good doing it. If that was a stunt person they found, or somehow they superimposed Brimley's face onto someone, they did an amazing job of that because that scene alone uh, made this movie the, the worth the price of admission, which was zero. Okay, so totally. I we also forgot to John also forgot to mention that this is unmistakably oh yeah a John a John Woo movie. Because, first of all, there's pigeons and birds always everywhere flying around in slow motion. Doves, isn't it doves? It would be a John Woo movie with slow motion bird flying. Gotta have that. Yeah, slow motion, bullets, and uh, doves. I think that's the John Woo signature. Yeah. Well, and this movie was pigeons, but yes, doves. He loves doves. (laughs) Like, I mean, the budget alone for just fowl and birds on his movies must be thick. They have uh, to have like a, a wrangler, and they have to bring the birds in. They got to fly at the right time. Got to slow motion Yeah, true. this one was pigeons, so it's probably cheaper than doves. Um, so Hard Target takes place uh, in the beautiful city of New Orleans. I can't tell if it's during Mardi Gras or if they just party all the time in New Orleans. But basically. There is a rich evil dude. He's just straight evil. We don't know why. We don't know how, but he is just evil, and he has some evil henchmen. And he is basically a game hunter organizer uh, where the game that is hunted is typically homeless people. And so he will get very rich people who have a desire to kill uh, to come to New Orleans and go through a little bit of a chase. And what they promise for the uh, homeless victims is ten grand if they can make it to a certain location. And hijinks ensue as chance gets caught up in the mess. They always want military veterans or military people who are like, yeah, military people who have some skills. So they want a bit of an ethical hunt. But they say they want an ethical hunt, but yet then they just chase them around on motorcycles and poke them with sticks. So how the fuck is that ethical? I know. They exhaust them right away. And the yeah, mil- like it doesn't matter like how good the person is when there's 15 people in a helicopter and fucking scanning where they're going. How how is that a hunt? Yeah. yeah, like you don't you you don't even do that with a lion. You don't like you don't chase a lion with motorcycles and hit it with sticks to to the guy who's going to shoot it. It makes no fucking. It's just so stupid. That that was one of the stupidest parts of the movie. Is like the guys have no chance. They like they they require them to have. Skill, but then they give them zero fucking chance. Well, they don't but use the their skill is, either. Uh, they they just the end guys up... that are hunting have no skill. Yeah, yeah, the guys they're hunting are all ex-military, but they 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 don't have any. They don't seem to pull any of that out. They don't like get the upper hand. I guess at one point Elijah, the character that goes through, takes the gun away from 
one of the hunters. He kills. And kills yeah, the guy. Yeah, he kills one of the hunters. Yeah, so that guy had a ridiculous weapon, by the way. <laughs> the giant scope and the... Oh, man. So, like, fuck. So once uh, the, the initial guy goes down, the movie is kicked off because that is the father of a woman who's coming to town who's lost touch with her dad and stopped receiving notes. Uh, from timing. Him. Yeah, Yancey Butler is her name, and uh, or Nat in the movie is her name. And uh, as she's going to look for him, she ends up just kind of crossing paths with Chasse Boudreau, who is... What is this guy? So, I mean, I read in the movie profile that he's a former um, uh, Force Recon Marine. He works on boats, and he's homeless. That's kind of his trifecta of character here. I don't really and know. And dude, dude has some a... greasy hair. Yeah, dude, this guy does not shower. Greasy mullet. Yeah, he doesn't shower much. Well, he's homeless, so that's cool. Is he homeless, I know, though? But... I could never figure it out. Like, he seems like he spent a lot of time on the street, but he's just down on his luck. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he doesn't seem like the homeless guys, but he's working. The other homeless guys are handing out pamphlets, and Jean-Claude says that that one line where they find the sex ones in her dad's, like, uh, possessions, and she kind of looks, and he goes, don't feel bad. It's, uh, it, they, we pass them out for money or whatever. He's like, even I've done it. Yeah. So he's indicating that he's not doing it now, but so he's probably been homeless, and now he's just, like, barely above that. Okay. And he's just a, a phenomenally trained martial artist who couldn't find a job in like body body uh, bodyguarding or security or anything like that. Um, yeah. So the hunts that he's go a on. Yeah, I guess he's a sailor. So why wasn't he in the navy? That might have made a bit more sense. Maybe. Yeah, I still don't understand why he's so. Is he ex? Is he ex military? That's what I the the write up that I was reading for the synopsis of the movie says, but I, I didn't get a sense other than he just kicks all kinds of ass. If he talks about his former time in the army, like was, uh, uh, his uncle is Wilford Brimley. who's a shiner. Um, he, he's not ex-military. He didn't like teach him. Every, well, I guess he did teach him some of the stuff he knows. Cause Wilford Brimley is badass with a bow and arrow. And his totally name is badass. uncle Duvy. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty badass. Um, yeah. he sets booby traps. He's booby trapped. He does, and he he like he kills people immediately. Um, he blew up his he blew up his own fucking house. Yeah, he did as a booby trap. He did. Like he don't care about shit, man. This guy doesn't care about anything. And he blew up his yeah, still. That still's okay though. Oh, is it gone too? Yeah, oh, yeah well, he, he, blew, he, he shot the first thing, thing at it. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Um, so these uh, hunts, quote unquote, that go on, if they would have showed them as being like this low key thing, then maybe you could understand running around a, a bigger city like New Orleans and whacking some homeless people. Uh, however, these are not low profile hunts. Um, these are like multiple dirt bikes driving the, the prey. Uh, and, you know, typically it seems at the start anyway, there's like one main hunter guy that is paying money, but then there's also all of Lance Hendrickson's hunchmen who accompany. And we're not talking like knives and up close. We're talking like crazy, weird gas powered bolt guns. Um, I think that was one of the hunter guys. So here's, here's a question for you, Brent. You're a hunter. You've hunted and, and you've yeah. like switched over to bow hunting, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, incredibly challenging to hunt with a bow. Um, and you've moved yes. away from a rifle because the bows are more challenging, more satisfying when you get when you find what you're looking for and get it, right? It feels more primal, yeah. It feels more... Um, I very much believe in ethical hunting, and I think that a bow is more sporting. So the guy in this movie in the very opening scene has the best of both worlds. He's got a gun that shoots bolts, which is basically like a gas-powered crossbow. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like that's the weapon you would pick for some additional sport. Like either go with the gun or go with the bow and arrow, but don't go for the gas-powered bolt thrower. It seems like the choice of a guy who's a hobbyist, like somebody who like has all these. I don't know, like a a guy maybe like yourself who like is a big fan of weapons and is looking for something that's maybe a little interesting and a little gimmicky. There's a big hunter guy that has a hunter show. His name is Jim Shockey. Um, that guy has been around. Since we were kids, he's probably been on TV doing hunting shows. That guy now uses black powder only. Yeah. 
So if you consider, like, it's not always about the convention or the usefulness of the item for everyone. Like, I'm not like that. I I don't think I'd ever use a black powder weapon. A bow's probably as shitty as I'd ever go. <laughs> um, but for some of these guys, and I kind of put this guy in that category. He's like a... He's such a connoisseur, he's picking his weirdest weapon to hunt with. That's right. I think right. that's more along the lines of where he'd be. Because those are like super chrome arrows, too, which, by the way... <laughs> aren't the choice you're looking for lightweight shit already with that stuff your range is so limited with a gas-powered crossbow you're looking at a good distance but then you make these fucking arrows what is it like a high gloss aluminum or some It'd shit have like that? to be something super light with an alloy maybe but then you're looking at like 80 100 bucks a bolt oh at least these th- like arrows aren't cheap already and i buy just composite material right yeah and then and then you buy that that those blades for it on the end oh yeah this guy has like uh i mean it looks like fucking steel these things look like steel it does it, it's so um, <laughs> that that suspends disbelief for sure because then like bullets and bullet holes if you're looking for evidence of a crime and casings yeah you can find those but you're sure as fuck gonna find a couple of random bolts sitting around with fingerprints on them because no one's wearing gloves no <laughs> i would also i would also like to mention that um John Woo, uh, is, uh, he's, a ter- he's a terrible director. It, the directing, I couldn't believe. Like I, so I was thinking back, and and John Woo's got so many action movies, um, yeah. And I, I haven't revisited them since I've started to become a bit more of you know that this uh, objective reviewing movies, trying to take them in for what they are, and forgetting that oh, it just had some cool slow motion. Like go past that all and see if John Woo was able to pull together some kind of a movie. This is like mid to late John Woo heyday. Like his heyday was like through the late 80s, right? So this would have been as he's tapering down. It's fucking awful, awful it, direction. It, it, it is. It's because, he, it's because he, doesn't, he doesn't understand. He's taking elements of... Uh, he's trying to take elements of spaghetti westerns, and other action movies, and then mixing it with his weird brand of slow motion, and then repeat fast motion stuff. That like it all is a big fucking mess, and none of it. Not he's not he's not making any decisions. He's well, just like throwing every fucking style at like a fucking at a canvas. Yeah, and like hoping that it'll a painting will come out of it, and it is a. Fucking! I I got really high. I don't I don't get high anymore during the week, but I get high once a week, and so when I get high, I get like really high. And I got I, I did that for this movie because I did it like on my night. And uh, sounds like the front not, of a meeting. He was texting me the whole not, time. After ten minutes, he was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, I could not stop laughing. I, I I honestly believe this could be one of the worst movies that big budget movies with a star and a big wide release, this could maybe be one of the worst ones ever made. Like because of the directing. And yeah. I, I was excited because so I couldn't remember bad. John Woo too well. Cause I, I can't remember the last time I watched a John Woo movie. So I was like, John Woo, that's a fucking name. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this movie's going to have some fucking good shit going on. How fucking wrong can you be? Like, even the slow motion in off scenes where just Jean-Claude is walking, just walking away from something, and it's like, slow-mo, and I'm like, wait, nothing happened. Like, what are you highlighting here? Yeah. No, way too much slow motion. You probably saved 15 minutes just cutting unnecessary slow motion. And the music that he uses with the slow motion and stuff, and then the close-up and the shots he uses of, like, the close-ups of Jean-Claude's earring... And John Claude's eyes, and then the bad dialogue between him and the waitress. The whole JCVD. Some of the worst. His whole intro, Van Damme's intro with the fucking music, and his like, this gumbo is a tragedy, and then I can't pay for it, and then I see this lady flashing her cash, and I'm gonna kick these guys' ass so bad, I'm gonna throw one of them through the window of the joint that basically just gave me free food. Thanks a lot for coming out, Chance. He breaks a guy's arm right at the elbow. Yeah. Over his shoulder. Like, these guys are purse snatchers and definitely kick their ass. But now you're going to probably 
like have some fucking answering to the cops to do. You you broke that guy's arm in yeah. fucking half. It, it's it, it's wow. Um, yeah, it, 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 the directing is like so all over the place, crazy bad. It, it's like it's speed bump after speed bump of of slow motion, and then like when. <laughs> When she, what, what, I'm trying to think now of what the scene is because I watched this movie and then almost instantly forgot it. It was it was so bad. Um, uh, there's a one scene where Van Damme like makes the decision to help the lady, and he like sees a bird and flying in slow motion. Then he just kind of cues. He's like, "All right," and then off he goes to to help someone. You guys remember yeah, that scene? And then, but then his introduction to that is like is not like him being like. Hey, lady, I changed my mind. I need $217. Instead, he runs in front of where she's going to drive, where the forklift is. Right. And he's like, this pallet will lift up, and I am here. Excellent idea. $217. Who can turn it down? That's our raise. <laughs> what a fucking shitty idea, whoever came up with that. Oh, man. That is a shitty idea. I... That was, once again, directing choice so that he could have a... He can have it. It's so stupid. It's like he keeps revealing things with the directing that we already have seen or know about. Yeah. Like a reveal in directing is supposed to unveil something to the audience that they do not know about or they cannot see coming. But we know about him. We've already seen him kick people's asses. And we know now that he needs 200 bucks. So yeah. why are you revealing us why isn't he just like chasing after her car and saying oh i changed my mind why yeah. is he doing a big fucking show i don't it doesn't make any sense if we put, already know he's gonna work for her right yeah, off the bat otherwise there's no movie yeah right yeah so why the fuck all the theatrics yeah like in also his, he's hat in hand he's fucking needs 200 dollars. yeah he's not cool stand in front of the fucking big reveal moment He's like, take my hat off and please can I have your two hundred dollars? I actually really yeah. need it. So I can somehow I'm a fisherman, so I go do that for a bit. Because because that would make him because that would actually humanize his character because now he like needs something from her. So he, like Brent said, that's how you direct the scene is he goes to her hat in hand and says he's changed his mind. Yeah. But instead they try and make it super cool again. Like, why are you trying to make him super cool? And if you wanted to make him super cool, why is his hair and his clothes that way? <laughs> <laughs> you can't make him cool when you dress him like that. Yo, but in the 90s, trench coats were all the thing, and he's clearly a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> he's like, I actually need $230, 217 for my dues, and 23 so I can take a hey, shower. I need my hair Here's treatment. And here's a great idea. Why not ask for $300? I know. He asked for it. I want 217 <laughs> and 22 cents. Hey, that's not what yeah. kind of guy he is. He just needs 217 He's not going to take advantage of her. Yeah. Why does, she, why does she offer for him to drive her sports car? Immediately. She's like, you drive. He's like, uh, actually, I'm that, a homeless person with so no license. That was so, that was, it, was, it was a sexist thing was what that was she's the woman and so she's gonna let him drive because he's a man that's how fucking bad this movie is and that decision and then, like, goes nowhere like, that whole decision like yeah. it doesn't matter who drives who fucking cares like why is that scene in the movie he yeah, never like, needs yeah, to he, drive later <laughs> no never no, he, he drives he drives motorbikes and stuff later so why does it matter that he doesn't have his license either it doesn't anything no yeah it, and no, he looks there's, there's he looks back he looks bashful as he's saying it like it's like i wasn't expecting for a homeless guy who like lives on the street to not have a up-to-date driver's license like it doesn't matter it didn't make me feel anything except weird no and that's the thing yeah, there's so many drama. things like that in this movie that are just <laughs> unnecessary additions the slow motion the pigeons the fucking hair grease the fucking uh, car driving bullshit. Like, uh, why? So, so, why a lot so of this, this stuff? The thing, the thing I laughed at the hardest though was the stunts, the big, big stunts where he's on the motorbike and gets her to get off, and he sees it's leaking gas, and he drives his motorcycle at there. Is it a truck? I think it's yeah, a truck. Yeah, it's a yeah. Bronco or something. Straight. Straight at their truck and then puts both feet 
on the seat and crouches on the bike and starts shooting the windshield <laughs> and then drives his bike into their front end and yeah. flips over top of the vehicle because you can also, not only is that landish and outrageous, but you can also see the stuntman who does the flip over the car lines on the road looks nothing yeah. like Van Damme and is wearing the worst wig <laughs> ever uh, on top of his hair to make him kind of look like him. <laughs> I was like laughing, like on the floor, laughing at how bad that was. And then, and then he shoots the back of the truck and it somehow explodes the motorcycle. Yeah. None of that made any sense. No. It's just no, that, 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 with his no pistols. Sense. Yeah, both eyes also, open. Also, never mind the shrapnel of an exploding truck hitting that girl that the truck's now close to. Yeah, yeah. I, I and so the the like so I I love to think of these things when bad guys have like these specialty computer systems built for their hijinks and and this like great graphic user interfaces and I always think about how they hired the programmer to do that. In this movie, I want to know where these guys have a regular outfitter for dirt bikes where they get these MP5 holsters put just behind the driver's seat, always there conveniently for you to pull out the next machine gun. And there's tons of bikes in this movie. These guys run through like a couple of bikes a week. They have a solid hookup for that. Um, yeah, they're buying in bulk. They're getting a deal because they buy so many. It probably. Yeah, at least these are smart bad guys. I, so okay, so let's talk about some of these bad guys. So we got Lance Hendrickson as the head, the head honcho bad guy. We're getting yeah. no background. He's just a bad guy. Bad guy. He's he's wealthy enough to be able to pull these games together, and is like asking what is he asking half a million? And at the end, he asks seven fifty. It's, yeah, I think he says two hundred. Is it half or two hundred fifty thousand? Whatever it is, at the end it is three quarters. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is a great way to assemble an army of people to kill someone for you. Um, you yeah, because he says he says money back if you are the one that gets them. Yeah, yeah. This is here's the uh, here's the other thing too is this movie never feels realistic because like I remembered this as they take the homeless guy out into the middle of nowhere and let them hunt them. Yeah. But I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong. They do this in the city limits, and sometimes they do this during the day. Yeah. Like midday. Yeah. So like, yeah. but even at, even at night though, even in the middle of the fucking night, they have several SUVs driving around with guys with automatic weapons. Then they have several motorbikes driving around with automatic weapons. Then they have a guy with a fucking gas-powered bow all chasing somebody through the city. Yep. Expecting that they're never going to get found out because they're so careful. Oh, what yeah. the fuck? And, it, and during the daytime, whenever they're fighting in the city during the daytime, I never once saw one person that wasn't involved. I yeah. never well, saw it's just New Orleans. Or it's not like there's people around. <laughs> I never saw a jogger. I never saw somebody walking their dog. I never saw a car driving. The streets are empty. The sidewalks are Except empty. Except for it one feels scene. like they're shooting it on a fucking movie backlot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, one scene where they gun down a guy in the middle of a packed street. Where there's a big party yeah, going on. The, yeah. Because they're, they're so fucking undercover that no one knows what's going on. I they know. shoot a guy in the middle of a crowded street. Like the, the that guy Elijah, the character that they do, they actually build up that that Van Dam knows, that Chance knows, which is total horseshit. Um, he uh, why didn't he just like slip into an alleyway or go hide in a building like under some trash? He's got the money. He doesn't have to make it to the wharf to keep the money. What are they going to do if they f don't find him right away? Go and kill him? They're trying to kill him anyway. He should have just been like first chance I get to like hide in a box. I'll just stay there as long as I can without water, which would be close to three days, and then I'll have ten grand. And he wins. That was that was the only thing that I actually liked was I actually liked how they presented it to the person because I felt like that was a reasonable thing to get them to do this because they really don't give him any choice anyway. They're like gonna they they made him the offer and they're gonna kill him anyways, and he has nothing to lose, and they give him the ten thousand dollars. Yep. So I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, you know, that's not the worst thing because, like, yeah, like, now they're really giving the guy no choice and, he, and he, he's going to do it. Yeah. 
that's that was the only thing that seemed believable, which which should have been the hardest thing to make believable. Yeah, the only thing that made believable. Everything else was completely unbelievable. The rest of the fucking movie. You know what is uh, somehow they what somehow they nailed the hardest thing, got that right, and then fucked up ninety nine percent of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say like there is a movie here. Um, there's a story here that that would be yeah, quite it's interesting. Called the Running Man. Yeah, kind of like Running Man, just not the futuristic angle. But uh, like, I like that they are they're taking people in need and not tricking them. They're pretty much giving it to them like straight to say, yeah. you're shit. And like Lance Hendrickson's speeches to all of them, he's like, look, you're a piece of shit. You want to have people look you in the eye. He actually says convincing things to Elijah when he's convincing him to go. So the fact that there's a crazy yeah. guy who arranges hunt like man hunting missions. Um, uh, that's a story that I would actually be very interested in seeing a story fleshed out um, that could that could that could get for you from A to C um, and, and like have you smiling along the way. So there was oh, totally. there was potential there's a solid here. foundation. Yeah. there's a solid if foundation just, in this movie. If if they would have just taken them out to the swamps or whatever mm-hmm. outside of New Orleans and and had the hunt there, yeah, like so there's like no one around and stuff and they're secluded. And you had the hunters actually be decent fucking hunters, yeah. and then they actually hunt them. And they have one or two guys who support the hunter, and that is it. Like, one or two guys that are, like, assisting him, and, and then that's it. But the way they set it up was so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, they made all these terrible decisions. Yeah. 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 Like, I even like the hook that this lady comes looking for her dead homeless dad, and that's how she gets involved, and the fact that of how she gets involved with Jean-Claude. Like, on its face, none of that stuff is bad. It's just all how it's executed is is 100% trash. I think yeah, a lot of this is John writing. Woo. I think John Woo fucked yeah. a lot of this. Yep. Because um, I think even with the same script, just, like, not using everything the way it is, you could make some changes, but I think a big part of this is the directing that makes it so fucking schmarm and gross. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. John Woo is, like... Uh, this movie actually upset me on another level too because uh, <laughs> he he was so successful. I mean, he had Face Off, yeah, and he he had uh, what was the one with Travolta and uh, Christian Slater? Oh, uh, Hard Rain uh, or something like that. No, it was like the one where the nuclear device, whatever. Oh, it's Broken Arrow. Broken oh. Arrow with John Woo, and like he got some big. Yeah. Big movies here. Well, this one made yeah. uh, sixty million dollars. Basically, it was made for twenty and made seventy-five in the theater. Fuck, man! Like, but this is before all the options, right? Like, this is around where things started to get good. Like, ninety-four was uh, also Shawshank, was it not? So there's a nice little dichotomy. People see people Jesus always. What, the thing that bothers me the most is. Is people always justify, um, not, I'm not saying that's you, John, but like you're making the point that this was made for $20 million and it made 75. So like technically it was successful, mm-hmm. but it, but a lot of people, it always bothers me when a lot of people will do that where, where like they, they'll like do it with like some of these bigger movies like Star Wars or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, but you know what? For the same amount of money it cost you to make a bad movie that made a billion dollars, you could have made a good movie that would have made a billion dollars. Yeah. Because everyone was going to go see it anyway. So, like, why make a bad fucking movie? Like, you're going to make a billion dollars anyway. So then why not put any time and the effort to the screenplay and the story and the character? They did try. And then make a billion (laughs) fucking dollars. Uh, yeah, they did suck. Okay, well, what? Okay, yeah, maybe they do just suck, but I also feel like it's laziness. Yeah, it probably some of it's laziness too. They, you think that you got John Woo and you got Jean Claude Van Damme, and you got Wilford Brimley is going to be an action star all of a sudden, and you're like, how could we miss? Yeah, fucking, we got all the pieces. Let's just fucking bring the cameras in day one. They're like, you don't even want to have a read through? No, we're doing it live. Fucking, this will be great. What do we need to read through? We got JCVD doing his shirtless stuff. I don't even like, know if he's shirtless in this stuff. Unfortunately, <laughs> not enough if he is. Yeah. You know, John Cold. Nice. I think what's frustrating for me is I've been working on the same shitty scene for like four days. 
and I'm I'm just about getting it to where it could be okay to, to have someone else read it. And uh, these guys <laughs> never took that kind of time with one scene. No, not one. Not no, a coke other in the nineties. Scene other than the scene where they convince the guy to do it, the homeless guy, the black homeless guy to do it. That's the only scene, but I think they, someone wrote it quickly and it just happened to be okay. Yeah. But, because that, for some reason, that scene worked. I couldn't fucking believe. And you know what was the, one of the scenes that made me do a spit take? Was when they are interrogating the big fat guy who hands out the flyer. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you hear a voice off camera say, I did not know you had company or something like that. And then there's a weird camera directing where it goes in slow motion and that fat guy moves out of the way and Jean-Claude Van Damme sees the bad guy standing behind him and the bad guy sees Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was so fucking bad that I spit hate when I saw it and I rewound it and watched it again for its badness. Huh? You guys know the scene I'm talking about? I do, about? yeah, because then they stare at each other with it's the thousand-yard stare. Down. Yeah, yes. and they look just evil. They, so... Their heads are cocked down. I, I just, it's so bad. The, um, the, the henchman, the guy who is playing the mummy, uh, he comes off like so chintzy in this. Um, it, it's, it's unfortunately bad for him. Especially when he's like, when he's, when he's, no, 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 the, the, the smooth face. Yeah. Smooth with the bald uh, head. He, he off the the same guy you were just talking about in his car when he does him with a shotgun. Then is like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. It's like, it's And I like that guy. I, I kind of do too. Yeah. But I, he was just, he was too over the top with his insanity. Well, he was the one trying to talk sense into that other guy, wasn't he? I know. That's the that's the thing is they could have played those two guys off, like because because um, uh, Arnold Voslo or Pick, I think, is what he keeps calling him uh, in the movie. Uh, Pick is like he has those moments with Lance Hendrickson's character where he's like trying to talk sense into him, trying to talk him down, but then he's like. No, he's like, you're right, we'll do it, we'll do it your way. I won't pick him off from a helicopter, even though that would solve the problem that we have right now. Uh, no, we have to do it the right way, which is all a big fucking mistake. Well, um, to make a lot of these movies, Brent said it earlier, and I know I say it constantly, a lot of these movies are first draft movies. This script was written very quickly, and uh, everyone was already on board when John Wu was coming on board and John Claude Van Damme was. And, like, this might have even been tailor-written for Van Damme. Oh, They're like, they might have had, like, the fucking the idea of it. And it was like, that's a great idea. And then John Wu and Van Damme just write something on a napkin. We'll shoot it tomorrow. That's what I felt like. Yeah. You know what I want is I want Lance Hendrickson's single shotgun that blows things up. Yeah, Every, what was with the spark? Uh, Did you guys notice? Dude, that sometimes they were, they were shooting things. I couldn't spark. help but notice that. Whole that whole place was paper mache. It was crazy. Paper mache apparently is incredibly explosive. <laughs> that, that, that also, gun, that guy, every time he gets a chance to shoot Jean-Claude Van Damme, he telegraphs his thing by yelling a couple seconds before. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. And Jean-Claude's like, what? <laughs> he turns around and he's like, bam. He's like, just don't yell next time, bro. You yeah. fucking have him. It's so, it's, it's crazy. The shotgun will make a sound. You yeah. don't need to make a sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Chance. I want a shotgun that makes that sound, though. Chance gets his uh, shotgun from his uncle. It was nickel-plated uh, 870, I think it is. And they make a huge deal that of it. That was another. That, yeah, they make a they make, here's the thing. This is, John, if you ever listen to this podcast, I'm going to tag you on the Instagram, so I hope you do. If you make everything a big deal, then nothing is a big deal. Yeah. So if everything's a big deal, then that wears off right away. So just make the things that are important a big deal. Not yeah. everything. Yeah, 100% agree. If you learn that, then you've learned a whole bunch today. Why did fucking Nat, like, Wilford Brimley and her are running to a crossroads. Brimley says, go that way, go get the sheriff. 
She's fucking useless. Yeah. She couldn't even investigate her dad's fucking disappearance or whereabouts without help from a homeless guy. That's how <laughs> incapable she is. Yeah. She can't even find a private detective. Yeah. So she all of a sudden thinks she can contribute more to the scene by going to fucking um, where the armed conflict is going with Brimley and fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme. She has no weapon, no knowledge, no ability Nothing. She can ride and a horse, she goes though. there instead. She can ride a fucking horse. I'll give her that. But <laughs> she goes there. The first thing that happens is Brimley and her walk in, and there's an instant fucking firefight that she runs away from. She never provides any value for making that choice. She actually is only ever a hindrance for not calling the fucking sheriffs. Yeah. I don't understand that fucking decision. What? All of a sudden, she's a brave superhero, but nothing comes of it? With no weapons. Just have her fucking go, and then the sheriffs can come at the end, and you see it's all cleaned up. Who gives a fuck? Get rid of her. It doesn't fucking... It's a weird decision. It's one of those things that that takes me out of it. Yeah. No, I I, I 100% agree, because... um, Yeah, she's useless. She doesn't have a weapon. What's she going to do? Use harsh language at them? Don't shoot my man. she, She grabs that... So Brimley arrows that one guy... And she runs away, and he's like, he's like, you go, whatever, whatever Cajun shit that he pulls out. She runs away. He arrows that one guy. Yeah. Then there's another guy right by her. So that would have been right by Brimley. Yep. They and she has time to like try to get away from that guy, get a gun, shoot that fucking guy. Meanwhile, where the fuck is Wilford Brimley? He was right there a second ago. He's already shot that guy. Does it take him a good five minutes to fucking notch an arrow? What's happening? Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't I don't understand the, the the timing, her drive to like do it. Like they're him and and uh, her are kind of building this. They're giving each other some eyes, and I think they hug, but they don't they don't make out and they don't bang, right? So one of the other things that once again made me spit take so two spit takes in this movie. So this is why. Brent said something on the other podcast where he said he would watch Bloodsport again because it made him laugh because uh, of the badness or the silliness or the memory. It's honestly terrible. I feel like this movie is that for me. This is the... So when the cop is sitting at her desk, first time we meet the uh, black female cop is when the girl who's looking for her father is going to see her uh, to, to report a missing person. And she has got a birthday cake with a tiny little birthday cake with a candle on it that she's about to blow out the candle. Yeah. And she's like, she's having herself a little pity party for her yeah. birthday. Yeah. And then she doesn't blow out the candle and she puts the lit candle in her drawer and closes it. Yeah. Yeah. And, after their discussion, she opens it and the candle is still burning inside her drawer. What the fuck? It was a what special that? moment. I spent some time trying to rationalize this. <laughs> and, I, and I came up with the following theory. She has this belief that once the wish candle is lit on your birthday cake, it cannot be put out other than your blow and wish. Otherwise, your wish is spoiled. So she really only has one chance she has to keep the candle lit. She puts it in the drawer. She's willing to let the building burn down so she doesn't lose her wish. And I'm sure her wish is, I wish people liked me so I wasn't so lonely right now. Why, why didn't she just blow it out there and quickly make her wish? I don't yeah. know. Her the, wish, she was in the middle. I know. She was in the middle of it. I know. Her wish should have been, I hope I don't die so early in this movie. Or, yeah. What, what a terrible idea that was for for. That was like one of the worst ideas for introducing a character. Like, if nothing comes of that, we never see her being lonely again. She has no character. She doesn't do anything. All, we all don't it was for. Fall in love with. No, she dies right away. She died. All it was for is so that you like get a soft spot for someone trying to celebrate their birthday, and then they get smoked down like ten minutes later. Um, yeah, but the thing oh, is, yeah, that you end up you died. end up not liking her because this woman's father is missing. She comes with a missing persons case, and this chick's more worried about her birthday. Only after she finds out the person's homeless, though. She's like, okay, I'll help you. Oh, it's a homeless piece of shit? Now, fuck you. Get up my face. (laughs) Yeah, we don't actually care about that here. Um, So I forgot to mention um, that the police are, like, striking 
at the start of the movie, which is why somehow this one detective is the only person on call in the police station um, that is like, I don't know, she's like too noble to go on strike. Or she's a scab, she maybe, also, I don't know. She also mentioned she's on a double shift, but there's no other police officers around. But also, if there's no other police officers around, shouldn't her thing be lined up? But there's no other people in there inquiring about anything. It's just her birthday cake and this one lady. Once again, uh, like they, they, they do not create a world or a sense of a. This always feels like everything's being shot on a set or a back lot with no people around, and they're not in a city. Yeah, and it's not. It never feels like they're in New Orleans. I never once felt like they were in New Orleans once. No. Ever. No. No, everything's an afterthought on this movie. Everything, it seems like everything that's placed in the movie was a quick solution to another problem they had. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it's, so, it's just no depth. Let's take the viewpoint of the bad guys for one second for the scene where uh, Pick goes to murder the uh, smut man, the fat smut guy. So he they they decide to roll up on that place and Pick is like, okay, boys, I'm going to go and... Uh, I'm going to take my shotgun and put fat boy down. But just in case the cops also show up at the same time, I want a, a car and a motorcycle parked up the street, ready to roll in as backup. Because indeed that's what happens. Pick hangs around that murder scene for too long, starts to open up on a cop car. Uh, and then, uh, once he starts to be a little bit challenged, I think he gets shot in that scene. Doesn't he get shot in the arm? I can't remember if it's that scene or another one. Anyway, and yeah, then his henchmen roll up because they're always just kind of following around on their magic bikes with guns everywhere. And then Van Damme kicks kicks a biker in his helmeted head as he tries to drive by. Yeah, why was that the choice? Why not the chest? (laughs) I don't know. broke his foot, I don't know. Because it looks so so weird. Everything builds up. Everything builds up to the big ending where Jean Claude Van Damme goes and sees his. Is it his uncle? Yeah, Duvet. Uncle Duvet. Uncle Blanket. And uh, and they make a big deal about him getting his shotgun back instead of making it a small deal because everything's got to be a big deal. They make more of a big deal about his shotgun than Uncle Duvet. Yeah. Like, why don't they have the. Why do they have to reveal a big fat Wilford Grimley with music like ding, 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 when he's coming out to go do his moonshine or whatever? Where the fuck's his big shit? I don't uh, know. But when the shotgun gets like, I got a slow motion make... whiskey drink. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought John Claude Van Damme was gonna fuck the shotgun by the time they're done. Uh, he he's made love to the shotgun. He does. They need to gauge, like they need that, to gauge that thing out for uh, for Jean Claude. You know what I'm talking about. I can tell you. <laughs> little I can tell you that as a as a gun owner, um, I, I, when I take out my guns when I was a newbie, I would like cycle the action and like pull back the slide and be like, "That's cool." And it is still kind of cool, even like a year into my gun ownership, and I'm a novice. Let's say that. But Van Dam is like former recon marine. He wouldn't be like feeling the sides of his dusty gun up and back and then reminiscing in sexual tension as he cocks the, the, the handle and be like fuck he'd just be like oh yes this is my gun I take it that's it yeah. that's it like I'd be more like does it still fire let's get around in shoot it okay maybe I should polish it and make sure there's no like carbon build up in the barrel that would stop me from shooting someone in the face not like this is sexy gun we have times yes <laughs> Yeah, just say yeah. thanks and move on. Yeah. And then and then also he so then Uncle Duvet or whatever gives him a heart, shuts up a booby trap to blow up his fucking his only source of income, which is his moonshine, which he loves. Yeah. Because he okay. tells that girl not Did to make money a drop. on that yeah, shit. Yeah, don't spill a drop. And he it, get, yeah. He said, Don't spill a drop. So he cares about his shit. And when he gets but shot in the flask later, hat, he he's like, This up. is a tragedy. So like he loves yeah. his shine. Yeah, so at the drop of the hat, he blows up his moonshine operation and his fucking house to help his fucking nephew. Blows it all up. Kills one guy, maybe. So it doesn't even work that well. One guy gets lit on fire and gets shot, and then another guy kind of takes off. The guy guy spends his days drinking moonshine. Are you expecting good decisions? (laughs) I'm just saying, that's fair. But anyways, and then it all builds up to some some warehouse where there's some fucking... Carnival. 
for the parade or with the floats or yo those yeah, guys on motorbikes are so attached to those motorbikes they won't park the motorbike and go inside the pursue jean-claude they're gonna just ride, ride the bikes right as, yeah. as much as they can in the factory <laughs> like we're, yeah. we're kind of useless and limited here but we can't get off these bikes. Like so, so and, they they some they track Van Dam to the into the bayou to his uncle Duvet's, and then he's like, "You guys go this way, and I'm just gonna ride off on a horse, and and I'll be better alone." But like, really, what was his plan? I'm gonna ride towards that factory. That'll be a good place to force them, and I'm pretty sure they'll find me in their helicopter. Like, you can if you're tracking someone in a general direction by seeing their hoof prints go off, that's fine. But then you're gonna get into a helicopter, like in an area where you kind of know a general direction that he was heading and you're going to find the guy, no one's that good a tracker from the air. Yo, the mummy uh, tracked those hoof prints down to the hour. Yeah. He was like, uh, two and a half hours ago, he went this way. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know a little bit about tracking. I've, uh, I, <laughs> I've done some studying on that and uh, I'm familiar with how to track. Yeah. I... I I don't think there's a way that you could say within two hours hour, this no. fucking footprint was made. You'd be looking if like dust had blown over or some like loose grass. You'd be like, that would have taken some time or other animals would have come by. Not like, mm, mm, mm. yeah, it was two and a half hours. Two hours and 20 minutes. The ground and, yeah, it was muddy. It was like a muddy print. So he like dips his finger into the and he licks it. And he's like, two hours. Two, two fifteen. Yeah, you can't like this guy obviously owns a bunch of horses. I know that this horse was him going in this direction, not the old man going out for a ride earlier today to check his yeah. skill in the woods. Uh, <laughs> it's probably just also, one footprint there out of our did, did anyone notice that the girl who's looking for a missing father, the innocent, for some reason they decide that she should get a gun and shoot somebody. She kills some dude. She does. And the, but well, that's Brimley yeah. comes over and he's like, "Look what you do now, Monche. Yeah. You uh, now you're in the shit." But he's she's like, I'll fine take care with of it. This. Like, there's no way when we're introduced to her character that she would have any capability to kill a person, even if that person tried to kill her. Like, she's know, she's a I'm victim like, through and through. The whole point of having her in the movie is for her to be the innocent. But then they're so fucking stupid and bad. They even take that tiny little shred of storytelling away. By getting her a gun and then her gunning down some guy. Like, what was the purpose of... Like, That's the thing. You the either need her to go to the sheriff. When Brimley says, go that way to the sheriff, she either needs to go or you need to remove that option so she has to be there. And then again, like you're saying, she's not shooting anybody. She is... Uh, she's just in danger. She's the yes. innocent that he's trying to save. Yeah, yeah, she should if have been. Kid- handle herself. She doesn't fucking need yeah, him and Grimley. Exactly. Yeah. she should have been kidnapped or something that got Chance and Brimley to team up to go get her. That would have been. A well, much I'm better glad she didn't get kidnapped because that's fucking like it's overused. Yeah, but but, but not but what you're we right. got. Either she's in danger in the warehouse, like Brent said, or she's gone to go get the fucking law, and they handle it themselves. Right? The they law. don't. She has no reason to be there. Yeah, no, like she shouldn't that. fucking be there, and there's no reason for her to be there now. You've Brimley already, she's already used her, her fucking her usefulness in the movie was to set up Jean Claude Van Damme against these guys. Yeah, that's yeah. happened. Yeah, get fucking rid of her. Yeah, and Wilford some... Brimley's irresponsible. Wilford Brimley's irresponsible for fucking bringing her into the warehouse too. Like, yeah. what the fuck was he thinking? Yeah, oh yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> stupid indeed. But once again, it doesn't make any sense. It's yep. just like, as long as someone would have just pointed out that it didn't make any fucking sense. Like, I, I like Jean-Claude Van Damme as the charming guy with some charming qualities. In this one, he's he's scummy. And and I, I don't mean that just because, like, I'm not saying that because he's a homeless person because not all homeless people are scummy. But it's just, I don't know, his character is, like, slimy, literally. Yeah, his character is scummy. Um, yeah, he's always like, no, no, you go first, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I like to watch you walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if people yeah, would be tired true. of Chance's shit in New Orleans like that diner lady like would not be putting up with his shit she'd be like you're fucking trying to get a free meal again like she wouldn't have served him in the first place he's like yeah I have a fucking quarter <laughs> yeah so, and then uh, the, big, the big ending is we gotta talk about the big ending so the oh, big yeah, ending yeah, is yeah. he fights with the bad guy and then he puts a grenade in his fucking pants by his cock and yeah. 
kicks him against the wall. Yeah. And then the guy's balls blow up. Like I like though that guy's face when he when he pulls the fuse out. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh shit. I, 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 I thought about that for a long time, that, that scene after watching it. So first of all, you guys know me with the guns. This movie does horrible with, with ammunition, reloading, all that shit. Very bad. Um, but the, the most egregious thing to me, and I fucking hate this trope in movies, is the grenade that takes 10, 20 seconds uh, for the fuse to ignite before it blows up. Grenades are small handheld explosive devices that rely on the shrapnel thrown out from a small explosive charge uh and the timer's three seconds that's it and you also need you also need there to be no space for that explosion is why it blows out once you create that vent hole and i might be wrong here but i think that the explosion would it would mostly be pressed out of that hole yeah it would have popped because it's not a big fuse right it's you're right it's the confined space and it's supposed to blow up and fragment the metal which is why grenades have the divots so that it more evenly blows up at those break points and throws yeah. the shrapnel everywhere some grenades have a large enough charge and explosive impact that the, the explosion would kill you um but i think as you say brent once you pull that fuse out it would be like fizz and then a pop it would probably surprise him and maybe like hurt his fingers and blow up in his face but the the the, the other part of the grenade is not like this magic explosion <laughs> explosive thing that would blow up like that but what I couldn't. Uh, sorry, I was just going to finish up and say I, I couldn't figure out, and I still can't if I if I'm finding that funny as an end or stupid. I think it's stupid, and here's why: because this is a fucking action movie. This is a fucking action movie, and like and like when as soon as he drops that guy, that grenade, pulls the pin, drops the grenade in that guy's pants and kicks him, he should explode very quickly after that. Yeah. That's the whole point of the fucking thing. Now to have him, like, pull a pin, pull a grenade, and then unscrew the thing and stuff, what the fuck is this? This is an action movie. Yeah. Like, that should have been his end. Like, the whole point is putting it in his pants, too. Once he takes it out of his pants, then why do you even put it in his pants? Why don't you just hand it to him and push him against the wall? Yeah. Like, it doesn't fucking... It's just bad. Yeah, you're you're 100% again, right. it, bad. It didn't match the tone of the movie. The movie didn't no. have enough other humor like this um to to make that to make that a thing. And maybe if that movie if the movie did if it had a bit more charm that would have passed and maybe this movie could have saved itself similar to the way we that at least Brent and I've been talking about Bloodsport where it's so bad it's funny. And now Colin is finding this one so bad it's funny. Um but this one for me was like so bad it was bad. Yeah, that that's this movie for me too. It's not bad, funny, bad. It's bad, like that hurts my feelings. Bad. I think the funniness for me though is that I see what he's trying to do and where he's getting it from, and then I see him like using it so poorly, and also mixing and blending it with other things that I know what he's trying to do, and what makes it so funny is how badly he's. He's doing and it. And this is John Lee you're talking I, about, right? I don't find that this, funny. I find to, that offensive. To me, this is Ed Wood. This is like watching like an Ed Wood movie. This is like this is like a guy who like who who had a he all of his decisions that he made in this movie were intentional. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and they all the wrong decisions. Like each the fact that he could make the wrong decision every step of the fucking way, it's almost, it seems implausible. Yeah. That, like, certainly is that. Statistically, he should have fucking made some right decision by accident along the way, but never does. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. The, the most disappointing part of this movie is the directing and the... Like, n nobody was set up for success here. It was poorly written. I'm calling it, by yeah. the way. Sorry, I'm just going to go there. Yes, it was, please, it please was call it. I'm poorly done. written. Let's just all say it. Let's just one, two, three. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't hold up. up. Does not hold up. No. It holds up. Oh, what? Wait, no, it does no. not hold up. No, it, no, it, it's, no. it's total trash, and it, it's uh, it, it's sad. It's really sad, Um, unfortunately, because, like, I, I really I want to see Jean-Claude do well. Um, yes, I've all, yeah. I, I liked his characters and, and I, and I just have such fond memories of his movies. This one is like so forgettably laughably bad in every element. 
the only two things I like about this movie um, is I, I do like Lance Hendrickson's bad guy in this. He's he's the right amount of menacing, don't give a fuck, and he's got a cool gun, even though that's way overpowered. But I don't mind Lance Hendrickson in this, and I don't mind Wilford Brimley in this. They're well, the only two Brimley's parts of the movie too. I smile at. And especially, and I, I, I want to find this out, and I'll report back on what I find. If, if, if that is Brimley on the horse, then he should have been nominated for an, an Oscar. <laughs> That's 100% Brimley. Okay, what do you guys think is worse, this or Bloodsport? You guys obviously think this is worse. This is worse. This is worse. I'd rather watch Bloodsport 100 times out of 100. Bloodsport has character. This has none. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I kind of agree with you that guys. Charm that John talks about. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean that charm is so thinly veiled, though. But I agree. <laughs> I agree that. I agree that 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 is better than this. Okay. I yeah. mean that, but once again, it it's like so slim. It is Bloodsport reigning champion. It is Bloodsport reigns for the third in a row. So next up, we'll have uh, Bloodsport. So bad. The fact that it's the champion. These other movies are so much worse. I know. It's I know. because of that charm, though. It's because Bloodsport has. There's something in Bloodsport that is enjoyable still, even it's though the fighting is it's horrible, a... even though the acting is horrible. It's still something about that that you like. You like Jean Claude Van Damme. In yeah. that movie, you know what I think it's is? a big it, part of it. I think it's that you feel sorry for everyone in that movie for being a part of it, and in the other ones, you don't feel sorry. <laughs> no, for them. I feel angry. You, at don't them. Feel, you don't feel sorry for Steven Seagal, and John Woo did it to himself. Yeah, I'm angry at these people. people. It's not that yeah, I don't feel people, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but those people were trying to make an honest film in Bloodsport and just did such a terrible job that you almost—it's like the little kid. Who, like, you want to pat on the head and be like, nice try, buddy. Yeah. But you don't want to do that with the other ones, though. Out of all these movies, Bloodsport has the biggest star. Yeah. Yeah. With Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, so far. I don't know. You might even say that that Bloodsport fights to survive. It fights to survive. Kumite. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, just so fans know, I'm, like, very excited about some upcoming episodes. We're going to do Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, that'll be I next. don't we're think gonna... that fits, though. I don't. We're doing action movies. I still I'm don't see why you want to do Kindergarten I, Cop. I, just, I think I you're really just want... shoehorning that in because you want to do it. I think I we really should do Running Man it. and Predator or something like that. Oh, my God. Well, I, I have no problems with doing either of those as well. well but it... I just really want to do Kindergarten Cop. I just really think that that could be go either way. The reason I want to do it is because with all these other movies, I was pretty sure they were going to suck. But I honestly believe that Kindergarten Cop could go both ways. I don't know why. Right. I tell you. I mean, it, it could suck. John, I, don't you feel I that feel, way too? I, I feel I do. And I feel like it's it's going to be closer to a holdup than anything we've done yet. But it, I also agree with Brent that it doesn't quite match. Like Commando from that time period matches to Commando this. Commando doesn't. Commando action though, movies? Kindergarten Commando Cop just sucks. isn't an action movie. Yeah. Commando sucked like fucking really sucked like when I was fucking... Tw- 18, I thought it sucked. I just can't. Yeah, but it came out when you were seven. I I would rather do Running Man than than (laughs) Commando. I think Commando is... Which I is think Running Man has a better chance of being good than Commando. Really? Well, it's more in- yeah. Running Man's more Running Man's more interesting. Like Running Man has more going on. They have the whole live TV thing and like the and the um and the totalitarian military society thing and. Like what the fuck is Commando got? It's got nothing. It's got like, the least imposing bad guy a bunch ever. Of biceps in it. Not bunch not the over... main bad guy. The main bad guy is flabby and old. He's like, oh, oh that's true. He looks, he looks like they a kid- fat Freddie Mercury. He does. Look- it's such a straight. <laughs> it's such a straightforward movie. It's like they kidnap his daughter and he has to get her back, and that's it. That there's nothing else going on in that movie. There's like nothing society like at least the the whole running man's got the whole weird society and it's interesting and like the big the big brother. Yeah, like running man I'm fine with doing and like but let's I just really wanna do kindergarten cop. I, I wanna I wanna like, give Colin. kindergarten cop. We can do kindergarten cop. Yeah. I just don't think it fits the theme. If we're doing this theme of these action movies and especially if we're bracketing and coming out with winners, kindergarten cop doesn't fit. Kindergarten cop is like a different level of movie than what these are. It is. It's not fair to introduce it. It should, we could do it, but I think we should do it under a different, under a different heading than the the shitty action movie things that we're doing. (laughs) 
I guess I could watch it myself, and we could do it later. I, I, I feel do like I watched do it, it within the last year and a half, and it's. Uh, I don't think it's gonna go. It. I know it doesn't fit, but who thinks we could do it this way, or we should leave it for the other way? I think maybe we leave it for the other because we think I it think might actually it. hold All right, up. all right. Um, well, that's two to one. Then we leave it for the other. So let, let's fine. pick. Let's do Running Man and one other Schwarzenegger from the heyday. But not, not, not one of his good ones, though. Like, Colin, you pick the other movie since we're replacing your suggestion. So we'll do Running okay. Man, and you pick the second movie. Okay, well that's fine. John, you okay with that? Oh yeah. Okay, let's go through Arnold Schwarzenegger quickly. Just a, a quick Google search into the movie. All right. And I will take um, a chance to tell our fans that uh, we are brought to you by Google Search. Yes, that's right. We search Google <laughs> all the time. Nah, I'm just kidding. We're just <laughs> okay, okay. Guys, okay, I got it. All right. well, I mean, well, I can't believe we hadn't thought of this one. I mean, out of all the other movies, the only other one I'm interested in doing is Total Recall. And why the fuck would we not do that one? Right. Okay. I, Total Recall? Yeah, Total like, Recall needs to be done. That? We're going to do Commando over Total Recall. That has some of the funniest lines. It's got the three boob chick. It's got the the the, the cab driver. See you at the party, uh, Richter. Yeah. Oh. The, how the fuck are we not going to do that? Right. So we're going to do Total Recall. And we're going to do Man. Running Man. So two futuristic Schwarzenegger do, movies. Nice. And we're going to do Under Siege yeah. for another Skip Seagull. Another Seagull. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and give him one more shot. His, that is his most. Uh, popular mainstream movie. It's got it's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. It's got they're on a fucking they're on an aircraft carrier. I think we need to pick. So, yeah. We need to do some justice here as well and pick two um, two heyday Stallone movies. I was just gonna say, and I got one that I'd like to do for sure. Yeah. Um, which is uh, fucking Jesus Christ. Give me a second. Give Jesus me a second. Christ Superstar. It is. It's like Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm trying to fucking think of the name of this movie now. Give me a second. I'm looking it up. Um, what do you think? Rambo 3? Where he fights with the ISIS? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait a second, guys. Wait a second. If we're going to do a, a, a Stallone movie, Brent's coming up with his other one, but like, will we not do the Academy Award winning best screenplay of Rocky? Rocky? Yeah. It doesn't quite. I fit. mean, but that's again not an action. That's a drama. Yeah, movie. no. Yeah. You know what? I'd rather save that one for the other time. Like we so should Demolition do... Man would be my choice. Oh my god! I, Demolition I was thinking, Man's a great choice. That's like early '90s, isn't it? Yeah, that's '93, '94. Um, so that would be a later one. That's a good one. Like Judge Dredd would be hilarious oh. to do. Um, Judge Dredd would be hilarious. Cobra. Though. I used to no. fucking collect those. Cobra. Comics. Cobra might be the one to do. Tango no, and Cash. I say, oh god! I say, I say, Demolition Man. Tango and Cash was always garbage. Oh, it's gonna no for sure be horrible. <laughs> I didn't even like that movie when it came out the first time I saw it. I say, Demolition Man and Cliffhanger with John Lithgow. Oh my god! Oh Jesus! I would do Cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay, there you go. They Those came the out ones. the same year, by the way, both in '93. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Wesley Snipes is in Demolition Man, and his character's got a million good lines. I'm sad we're not going to do Cobra, because I think Cobra would be, like, Steven Seagal-esque trash. I, I think it would be, like, unwatchable, Cop with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's chasing a serial killer, but he has, like, a match in his mouth, and he has, like, a, uh, a 1911 pistol with a Cobra on the handle. Fuck, Dude, man. You gotta the be... movie poster for that movie says, Crime is a Disease. Meet the cure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the only other, the other, uh, other Stallone movie, and maybe we do this outside of quarantine because once again, I feel like it might be better than uh, some of these other ones. Is, is the original Rambo? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I I would love to revisit the three Rambo movies. Actually, um, well, I, I just think the original one is worth a look. But let's do Demolition Man, Cliffhanger, and then we did. Uh, Schwarzenegger, we're gonna do say again. Uh, we're gonna uh, do Running Total Man Recall and, and Running Man. Total Recall, Total yeah. Recall and Running Man. Okay, and then so those are the ones we're gonna. I gotta come race, out after Death this. Race 2000 with Salone too. Oh my god, from 75. Jesus, yeah, right on. These guys had some great shit, man. Okay, well, uh, hard target. What a fucking shit show. 
Uh, yeah. The likes of which I could not have anticipated how bad this movie sucked because from my from my youth back in '94, I would have been in grade ten. I ate this movie up. Couldn't wait. Thought it was awesome. Van Damme kicking ass. People dying. Hunting. All that stuff. No, it's fucking trash. Fuck you, John Woo. <laughs> this movie's garbage. You ruined this movie single handedly. Totally. Yeah. All right, but get back to us next time. We'll continue our journey. Uh, until then, Bloodsport still reigns supreme. We'll see if uh, any of these next movies can knock it off the chart. And I actually think Under Siege might have a shot. Yeah. It might hold up. I don't know. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, the crazy bad guy. What's your prediction? Yeah. I haven't seen Under Siege in a long time. What's your prediction for hold up or not, you guys? Oh, I don't think it's going to hold up. But yeah. I, I think it's it, 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 it could be close. I think you're right about it being the closest one yet, but mm. I don't think it will. Mm. I'm going to guess it will hold up. It'll it'll get through despite itself because it's going to be very clear as to what it's trying to be. And it's got uh, that, uh, that's, a good that's not a bad. That's not a bad. That's a good way of putting it. It definitely does know what it's trying to be. Yeah. Yep. And it's all it's all in one location, and I feel like they do a good job of establishing why he's a badass like and why he's a chef they like they take the time they have to find that out it's got gary Busey. come on gary Busey, tommy lee jones both yeah 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 that movie's got some power and they got a playboy model to jump out of the cake and uh yeah i was gonna say i'm already forgetting those i was gonna say there's a black sidekick but that's in under siege 2 the fact that you could remember anything about Under Siege 2 is funny. To and me. what's her face is in it? Um, uh, oh, well, there you go. From Knocked Up. <laughs> from Knocked Up. I forget her name. Oh, Catherine Heigl. Heigl. Yeah, she's very young in this. Um, one of her first to get going. So it's so funny um, to think of that. Under Siege Jesus. 2 would not hold up. That movie's a giant piece of shit because they use a seismic laser beam to take out an airplane. And the bad guy is just savagely nasty. These guys are at least driven by money, I think, in Under Siege. Anyway, we will yet to be seen. Maybe it will come out on top. Maybe Bloodsport will reign supreme. Uh, and uh, we'll figure out what the formula that made these movies so great is. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We'll point out how shitty they are. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening once again. Uh, we hope you are staying happy, healthy. Um, don't catch a virus. Uh, and if you do, make it a nice, sexy one like syphilis. <laughs> Great. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. Enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.